So the title of this podcast is Perfection is the Enemy of Entrepreneurs. And that is the point that Shannon Lore wants to get across. Now, a little bit about Shannon. She's worked with over 200 entrepreneurs in the sustainable fashion space. She says, just start, even if it's imperfect. Plus, at the very least, even if you're not interested in the main topic, but at the very least, you're going to learn about crowdfunding in this episode, plus much more. Shannon is very interesting. So let's get going right now. It is Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, episode number 109. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I am with Shannon Lohr, and let me just read from her bio here, because uh, I think this is going to say it a lot better than I could by just kind of at random saying things. So uh, as the founder of Factory 45, Shannon works with early stage entrepreneurs to launch fashion and accessory companies that are sustainably and ethically made. So I'm going to stop there. Welcome you to the show, Shannon. And uh, thanks for uh, being here. And uh, maybe you could expand on that bio. Sure. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, like you said, I run an accelerator program, an online accelerator program called Factory 45, and I work with idea stage entrepreneurs to launch their clothing companies sustainably and ethically. We work together over a six-month program, and we really start from the beginning, total idea stage, and then go all the way into raising money to launch through pre-selling. So when you're um, working with these different entrepreneurs, and as you said, they're in various stages of creation, and this is something I think that can help every entrepreneur listening here, especially somebody who has an idea, how does somebody go ahead and, well, first of all, what process do they go through, and then what would be your advice for people, no matter what industry they're in, to find people like you to work with to help them really essentially launch their dream? Sure. Our process is starting with sourcing. When it comes to creating a physical product in a sewn good, it's usually finding fabric and materials that takes the longest. So that's what we start with. And then we go into branding and building an audience before you launch. That is a tip across the board. It doesn't matter what kind of business you're launching. Um, You really have to have an audience before you launch. So that's a big focus. Then we go into product development, pattern making, sample making, um, connecting everyone with the pattern makers and sample makers who are vetted, who are experts at what they do. Then we go into e-commerce marketing and selling direct to consumer, which has been especially important this year with all the retail stores closing and wholesaling not really being a thing right now. And then in the last module, we focus on pre-selling your product so that you know you have customers to buy your product before you create any inventory. So your customers are essentially financing your first production run for you. 
and maybe some advice that you might have for entrepreneurs. Now, I know that as you, you, we said at the top of this interview, you focus on fashion entrepreneurs, but you still have worked with uh, over 200 entrepreneurs. And maybe you could tell the audience, because I'm sure you've seen some go on to be spectacular successes. Maybe some are still trying to achieve their dream, and then maybe some just sadly have not been able to achieve their dream. So for the people that you see make it, are there some characteristics that you have seen that has been common to those folks or does it kind of, uh, or does it, okay, good. So what are some of those characteristics that you would advise entrepreneurs to gain if they don't have them already? Yeah. So the first one is the ability to take imperfect action. That is hands down the differentiator between people who are able to launch and and have a business and it be successful versus not launch and just sort of stall out. I think people can really get paralyzed with indecision and this need for perfectionism and perfectionism has no place in the entrepreneurial journey. Like it, it really will hold you back. So, so that's what I tell everyone is really it's about taking imperfect action, putting one step in front of the other and getting something out there and then focusing on customer feedback, reiterating, pivoting, really listening to what your customers want and readjusting after you have more information. I see so many people just get paralyzed with putting up a basic landing page. You know, it's like, just get it up. It doesn't have to be the perfect photo. It doesn't have to be the perfect copy. Just get it up there, get it out there. And then you can tweak and and make changes as you go. Yeah, it seems to me that the pursuit of perfection is really the enemy of progress because when you think about it, and I want you to react to this, is is that you never, when you don't start, you don't know what you don't know. So in other words, if that landing page never goes up, for example, you don't know, you can't look at your Google Analytics, you can't look at the traffic, you can't see what people are clicking on. So therefore, you never have any information about your business. And you repeat that, that's just a landing page, but re- repeat that in dozens of other places in your business, and you're pretty much paralyzed and going nowhere. Exactly. Even right now, um, we're at the very end of the Factory 45 program for 2020, and I just did an Instagram challenge for the current cohort to really, it was all about imperfect action. Okay, there's going to be a prompt every day, a theme, and I want you to post a photo to your Instagram grid based on that theme. And the whole goal is just to get content out there, see what gets more likes, see what gets more engagement, and just don't worry about your Instagram gallery looking perfect. You know, you can always clean that up later, but take action, just get it out there and get feedback. So these people that maybe are kind of paralyzed by perfection, but they're open to coaching, how do you kind of help them break through that clutter that's really exists in their mind? Yeah, it's hard. It's definitely, I've been doing this since 2014 and I often feel like part consultant, part therapist um, (laughs) because they're, there is so much of that mental block that that happens within us and everyone's different. I have some entrepreneurs who have no problem with the mental stuff. They're just go, go, go. Tell me what to do, Shannon. I'll do it. And then, you know, it's done. And then others just tend to get stuck in their own, you know, get in their own way and get stuck. And, and that can go back to so many other, I'm not a psychologist, so I, I'm not going to even try to guess, but that can go back to so many other things. 
And so really, it's kind of like I become a broken record, but it's this constant encouragement and support of you can do this. It's just one thing. And right now, especially with people I work with, they don't have an audience yet. You know, they're just starting to build their audience. So I tell them now is the time to make your mistakes and to do the wrong thing. And because nobody's watching yet, you know, you can practice. Whereas once you have an established brand, you've launched, you have an audience that is watching every move you make, that's when you don't want to be making the mistakes or learning those hard lessons. And of course, you will continue to learn lessons. But that's sort of my big reminder is do it now while no one's watching so you can practice and get better and better. You know, I have a rare opportunity in this podcast because unfortunately, the first time that Shannon and I recorded, as you all know, I'm way ahead on these podcasts. I was, there was a problem with the recording and so we're redoing it. So, but I wanted to keep Shannon around her same time that she was going to be on, which is uh, November 30th. So that's the scheduled date. I'm always scheduling them on a Monday. Anyway, long story short, I'm actually almost, this is almost a real time experience for me because we're recording in November and she's going to air in November. And so Shannon, I have the rare opportunity to ask you about a kind of a current question, and that would be, you know, how have you seen the COVID crisis kind of change the entrepreneurs you deal with? Has it been positive or negative? Yeah, it's such a good question. I, um, in April 2020, wrote a article called Why It's Never Been a Better Time to Launch a Sustainable Fashion Brand. And what I was seeing was the whole fashion industry was shifting completely because there were stores like H&M completely shut down, not able to sell inventory. And since 2014, everything I teach, my whole philosophy is based on localization, on-demand manufacturing, pre-selling, all of these things that now the mainstream fashion industry is having to shift to. So what I was seeing was my sustainable and independent small brands having their best months of revenue ever in March and April of 2020, just when, you know, we had all been locked down. And now many of them are set to have 2020 be their best year ever. And I think that speaks to consumers really rallying behind small businesses and, you know, shopping online and wanting to support those independent small brands, even though it may cost a little bit more money that they are willing to do that because of the sustainable and ethical piece of it. And I should mention also that you have a free weekly fashion startup advice column that you write and it's been it's being read by thousands around the globe. Of course, we'll have a link to that in your resource section. But let's pivot here in the interview to crowdfunding. And mm-hmm. people think of and I and I think that people often misinterpret crowdfunding and I won't talk about the ways they misinterpret it, but I do know that people don't quite understand it. So maybe you could give us some common myths about crowdfunding and what it is, actually what it is, and then how people can best use it. Yes, you're exactly right. I think people often misinterpret crowdfunding as donations, that you're putting up a page on Kickstarter, GoFundMe, or Indiegogo, and you're asking people to donate to your cause. And that is not what it is. That is what it is for GoFundMe, but that's not Kickstarter, Indiegogo, that type of crowdfunding. And that's what I focus on, especially for product-based businesses. It is a way to pre-sell your product before you create inventory. So again, you are testing the market, making sure that people want what you're offering and your customers are pre-ordering. So you get that money up front 
to pay for production, and it protects you from the risk of using your own savings to manufacture this first production run for $20,000 and then the inventory sitting in your basement with no one to sell it to. So that is really what crowdfunding is. It's a method of pre-selling. And what's your advice for people to maximize crowdfunding? Uh, Because I'm sure you've seen really great crowdfunding campaigns and you've seen really not so great crowdfunding campaigns. And you have been able to achieve as much as 300 percent growth for the folks that you work with. So I'd love your perspective. Yeah, I think that, again, sort of I mentioned this earlier, but building an audience before you launch, you cannot expect just random people trolling Kickstarter as if they're shopping to be the, you know, the momentum behind your campaign. There will be those people who discover you through the Kickstarter platform, but for the most part, you are responsible as a project creator for driving traffic to your Kickstarter project or your campaign, your pre-order campaign. So that means that you are building an audience. I recommend six months to a year in advance. You are building your email list. You're building your social media following. You're doing content marketing. You're doing podcast interviews. You're writing guest posts. You're really generating as much content as you can to drive those people to your email list and continue to nurture a relationship with your email list. So then you're providing all this free value to them. You're building a relationship with them so that when it comes time to say, hey, I have a product. I'm ready to sell it to you are you interested, they're ready and just waiting to pre-order from you. And I misspoke a little bit. You have experienced not 300% growth in crowdfunding, but if somebody has a goal, you've exceeded some of those goals by 300%. So I wanted to say goal instead of growth to be very clear. But, oh, uh, goals, yeah. Right. And goals. yeah, I messed, yep. I messed up a little bit and then I realized, okay, better correct that. But final question before we get to the resource question and then giving you the floor People, especially entrepreneurs, notoriously impatient. So to say to somebody that, yeah, this is great. I know you're excited to launch your product, all this stuff, but, you know, you need six months to a year to build up an audience. And, you know, solid advice, obviously. But first of all, how do you kind of keep them from chomping at the bit? And number two, when you don't have like an established brand at the moment, how do you find that audience? So it's kind of a two-part question. Yeah, so how do you find the audience? It's, it really comes down to kind of like what I was saying, the content marketing, the social media. Like you don't have a brand. Okay, but every every product starts without a brand. Like, you know, Spanx didn't have a brand. Burberry didn't have a brand. They built a brand and they built a, an audience. For us, it's a two-prong approach. You're simultaneously building the brand, knowing that, it's going to grow. It's going to evolve. It's not going to look exactly as you want it to, you know, two years from now and being okay with that. And so building and building the audience at the same time, because I think what people often let, you know, discourage them as they're like, Shannon, I don't even have a product to sell yet. How can I be posting on social media or talking about what I'm doing to my email list? And I say, this is the best time to be talking about it because people love behind the scenes. They love to see the, the making of something. That's why the How I Built This podcast is so popular. You know, like people love to be brought into your journey. And so I really, really push any sort of business 
creator, you know, listen to the startup. I think it's just called the startup podcast from Gimlet. Like that is the, the creation of a podcast. Like it's just so like kind of meta They're They're literally creating a podcast, but they're documenting how to create a podcast. It's the same way with creating a product. You're creating the product, but you're documenting that process for everyone. And then they feel invested in what you're creating. And also, how do you, I guess, probably the answer to that question is you have them doing activities on building an audience before they build their brand. So maybe my first question about them chomping at the bit is probably not something Mm -hmm. that is really relevant because they're actually doing a lot of action items before their product is even ready. So that's probably satisfying their entrepreneurial itch, if you will. I think so. I think you're right. People probably come into the program and they're like, all right, my, like, let's get my product made. Let's do this. Let's launch it. And then they realize like, oh my gosh, there's so much more that I need to do first. And they're simultaneously creating a, a physical stone good. A physical product is so different than creating like software or an online program or a digital product. For me, it's really like it's, it's all happening at once. You're getting your samples made, your pattern made, but you're at the same time creating that story, documenting that story, building the audience, growing your email list, growing your social media following. It's, it all has to happen together. All right, final two questions. First of all, the resource question. Of course, we're going to have a link to your column. We'll also have link to your business and all the other stuff. But what are some other things that you think might inspire people as, uh, you know, things that you might find valuable that you'd like to talk to our audience about? So for resources, I think two tools I really love for entrepreneurs, because I think we can often get really caught up in our creativity and not as much in the organization side of things is Asana, which is a to-do list list software that really helps you stay organized and also Trello. If you're more creative brain, it's like a more visual to-do list, but I really recommend getting organized. And then for specifically for fashion entrepreneurs or product-based entrepreneurs, I have two starter kits on Factory 45, the fabric sourcing kit and the manufacturing kit that you can look into since Factory 45 doesn't open again until May 2021. Those are two like small little digital products that just can get you started, get your feet wet and um, get you moving in the right direction. And last thing for you, Shannon, of course, I'm just going to hand the mic over to you and give you the floor and have you address the audience with whatever you'd like to talk about. So Shannon Lore of Factory 45, the floor is yours. Oh my gosh. When's the last time I've gotten a soapbox? Um, So for anyone listening who is an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur, I know that Right now, things can feel very uncertain and very up in the air and just all the feelings. So I would say just, again, put one step in front of the other. If you have an idea for a business, just map out your little baby steps that you need to take. You don't need to write all your goals down or write. You can have your big vision written down, but really it's about those little baby steps. What's one thing you can do today to get you closer to that goal, that big vision of launching your business. And then the next day, take one more baby step. And that can be done in less than an hour a day. It doesn't have to be, yes, it's like this lofty thing to create a business, but it doesn't have to be so overwhelming when you break it down into smaller little steps that you can take. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And when I was launching this podcast, there was a 65 video 
module that I took from a guy named Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income Podcast, really great mm-hmm. podcaster. And I looked at, I looked overwhelming at first. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, 65 videos. They were sometimes like five minutes, 10 minutes. They, some of them were even longer. But I said, well, I'm just going to do at least one video a day. And then, you know, you, I look back at it. I'm like, well, that was only a couple months out of my life. And I think that's what you're talking about right there. Just make it uh, bite size and you're, you're yeah. good. Yeah, I did the same thing. I just launched a podcast last week and <laughs> and it was so overwhelming, but I did the exact same thing you're saying. I took a course, I followed the course to a T and then, you know, it was a successful launch and you, then you just keep going. You keep making episodes or you keep sourcing that fabric or looking for manufacturers or building your email list. No matter what it is, it's about those baby steps. Well, one last uh, thing. What's the name of your podcast? And we'll definitely link to it. So it is a little bit on the sustainability side and not so much the entrepreneurship product side, but it's called the Clean Living Podcast. It's my interest in sustainability and eco-living, and so it's all about different topics related to that. Well, I'm sure a lot of people in the audience would be interested in that. We'll definitely link to it in your notes section. And Shannon Lore of uh, Factory 45, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Jeff. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, we feature Beck Power, and she is a content expert and is 100% sure content can help your business. And Beck is especially good at repurposing a little content and turning it into a lot. You don't want to miss this talk. And here's a bit from Beck as she talks about her content process. So we take the video or the podcast or whatever the main cornerstone content file is and we upload it. We get uh, transcriptions. We get a transcription of it. We grab the audio of the video. We split it off. And then we go through and we pull out all the best quotes that have been used and we pull out all the best, just what you would eventually turn into Facebook or LinkedIn posts. And then I go through them, I actually go through them myself still. I want to make sure that we do a really good job of grabbing, you know, making sure the context is right and all that sort of thing. And I have, the team does everything else, except I do, I do go through and grab all the quotes and all the posts and things like that. And I'll mark off what parts are videos, what parts are um, posts and what parts are quotes. So I'll go through all that and mark them all off in different Google Docs. It's really, our system is really easy. We use um, Google Docs. Speaking of content, myself and my partners at Athena International are very interested in getting this content to more folks. And we need your help. Two simple things you can do. Rate and review the podcast, because the more ratings and reviews a podcast has, the better off it is. And also, probably even more important, share the episodes that resonate with you with folks in your network and tell them why. If you could do those two simple things, or at least one of those two simple things, You'll help us out a lot. And I thank you so much. And so do my partners at Athena International. 